Thank you for listening. This audio has been brought to you by Barnabas Foundation. Learn how we can help you experience smart and powerful generosity. Visit us today at www.church.barnabasfoundation.com. Hello, everyone. This is Philip Leo. In the final part of this series on gifts that reduce taxes, Kurt Knoll, Director of Member Relations, and Cindy Remersma, Client Services Administrator, talk about gifts of commodities and other property to your church. Good morning, everybody, and thank you for joining us. My name is Kurt Knoll, the Director of Member Relations here at Barnabas Foundation, and joining me again today is Cindy Remersma, our Client Services Administrator right down the hall from me here. Um, it's a beautiful, balmy, almost 70-degree day here in Chicago in November, and we're going to take it. So happy Wednesday to all of you. Um, for those of you who don't know Barnabas Foundation very well, um, we are a, a ministry partnership working with 200 different ministry organizations across the country, and we provide estate planning and plan giving services to the supporters of those ministries. And so the topics we're going to discuss today, um, if you have questions about them, we encourage you to feel free to reach out to us during the broadcast um, in the Q&A section of the broadcast here. Um, but also, if you do have additional questions after the broadcast is over, you please contact the individual uh, at the organization that invited you today, um, or if the, whoever might have shared the recording with you uh, after the fact. Um, or likewise, you can reach out to us, and I'll share our contact information here at the end of the broadcast. Um, just a side note, um, this session is being recorded, as are other three sessions that we've done over the last three weeks, and so you can find these at barnabasfoundation.com slash taxes. So today is uh, the last of our four-part series. Previously to this, we've discussed uh, gifts of marketable securities. We've talked about ways in which you can make gifts from your IRA. And then last week, we touched on real estate and business interest gifts and how you can use those to reduce your taxes. Today, we're going to touch on farm commodities and other assets. And we'll deal with other assets here in just a couple minutes. Um, but Cindy, just kind of throw it out to you. Why should farmers specifically be thinking about giving commodities uh, to uh, to an organization, a charity, or, or to an organization like Barnabas Foundation? Sure. Again, Kurt, commodities are a non-cash gift, which many farmers, that's what they deal in every day, is growing crops, and they've got these crops are their assets to benefit charity. So the way that they can do that is by gifting some of their crops to the charity um, in, in advance of selling them to anyone else, and then the charity can then sell those crops and use the cash to benefit their ministry. The real advantage of this to the, the farmer is that they don't get a charitable deduction, but instead they don't have to recognize the income from the sale of those crops. So that reduces their adjusted gross income. It reduces maybe their self-employment tax, depending upon their, their situation. So that's the main reason that commodities are a great gift for farmers to, to give to charity. So this is very much an income avoidance tool, similarly to the way the IRAs work when you make a gift directly from an IRA to charity and never recognize the income, correct? Correct, yep, exactly. So again, no charitable deduction, but it's a way to decrease the amount of income that you have to pay tax on. Excellent. So give us some examples. What have farmers given to us over the years? What have we, what have we handled here? Yeah, you know, we've gotten a variety of commodities because we serve donors all across the country. So we have received gifts of almonds from or almonds, depending upon where you're at, from the state of California. We've received cherries and apples from the state of Washington. We received koi, um, soybeans and corn and just uh, we received um, cattle 
as well. So a variety of uh, eggs was another um, commodity that we've received. So a variety of, of commodities that Barnabas has worked with over the years. There's some really key steps in making this type of gift. Can you talk us through the process of what uh, folks need to be thinking about if, in order to make a gift like this? Sure, so it does take a little bit of planning. So think about if it's something that you want to do, if you want to make a gift of commodities to a charity, let the charity know in advance because you really have to gift the commodity and then the charity has to sell the commodity. So the best way for it to work is for you to notify the charity that you plan to donate, you know, a thousand bushels of corn to their charity. You let them know through typically a gift notice. So you've got a documentation that that gift was made and the date that it was made. Then you can, you know, deliver the, the commodity to the co-op, let's say, or maybe it might be in storage there, that that gets gifted to the charity. So it gets transferred to the charity. So the charity would have to set up an account at the, um, the co-op in this case. And then the gift is reflected as delivered to that charity's account. And then the charity makes the call to sell the commodity, and then they receive the check from the proceeds of the sale of that commodity. And then of course, they just acknowledge to the donor, again, not a charitable receipt letter, you won't receive that, but you would receive an acknowledgement that you gifted so many shares of that commodity to the charity. Really key point there was that whole transition moment when the, the ownership of that commodity did change hands, right? And, Correct, and yeah. We maintain control of that. We've, we've I know of people in the past or farmers who have made the mistake of um, maintaining too much control in the process. They deliver it in someone's name, but then give the order to sell to the co-op or whatever, and it can potentially nix the, the, the actual gift, and now the farmer would have to recognize that income and, and pay taxes on it. So really, really crucial to make sure that if, if you're thinking about making a gift or, or for any of our members who are watching this, if you have farmers that you should be talking to about something like this, make sure we get this planning part done right and the documentation and audit stream uh, in, in appropriate, uh, appropriately documented so that uh, it, it can be, it would, it would stand up if it was ever challenged by the IRS. Correct, the donor really needs to make sure that they, they own the commodity free and clear and that there's been no prior commitment to sell this commodity under any prearranged sale. So that's a, that's a key um, point in gifting commodities. And then I, I failed to mention earlier, Kurt, that the donor can deduct or you know, write off all the expenses associated with producing this commodity. So again, they can incur that expense and that's a business expense of operating their farm to them, but they don't have to recognize that income. So I just wanna make sure that I, I made that clear. Some of the stories that you've shared with us, uh, the team here at Barnabas over the years of some of these farm commodity gifts, these are some of the, uh, some of these gifts have just been absolutely phenomenal. The eggs, for example, a few years ago and others. But the story I love the most is we've got a couple farmers out there that have just kind of earmarked a certain part of their territory um, as being for charitable purposes. And whatever they harvest off that land is what they give. And just a different way to approach their whole tithing or, or, or giving. And uh, you know, any, any other insights there you'd like to share? It is. It's really neat, the stories um, that people have shared. And they've said, you know, this is, this is God's crop. This is his land. So when they are tilling that, that field, they know that the commodity from that, the benefit of, of, of working in that field, of, of harvesting that crop, is going to go to further the kingdom. 
And so it is, it's just really rich to hear those stories that they share, knowing that when they're out there doing that work, that's using the gifts that God has given them to, to produce this crop, and then it's going to benefit his kingdom. And it just makes doing your work a little bit different, I think, if you've got that outlook on it. And so it has been, it's really been a gift to be able to, to hear donors talk about um, the joy that they have in, in gifting commodities and in gifting you know, certain acreage of their, of their land to, to God's work. Thank you, Cindy. So we mentioned in, in the, uh, the schedule of these sessions that we're gonna talk about farm commodities and other assets. And so this, this gets to be a little bit specialized here, what we're gonna talk about next, but when done properly, it can have a very meaningful impact on, on sales of, of assets. And so when we talk about other assets, what are we kind of getting at there, Cindy? Sure, so there's a variety of other things that people work in. Um, again, that, that they can potentially donate to, um, to charity. Um, we've assisted people in um, donating farm equipment that's been fully depreciated. Again, you, you alluded to there's some special tax situations around that. So if, if that's something that, that an asset that you have that you would you know, like to think about donating, please call us. Talk to one of our, our planning attorneys that can walk you through the benefits uh, and also those maybe some red flags and kind of walk you through how to gift those, those um, types of gifts. And it can be anything, you know, we talk about other assets. We've received gift of royalties. We've received you know, some um, uh, different licenses and things. We've received dental equipment, tractors, like I've alluded to before. Um, there's a variety of different assets, mineral interests that you know people can donate. So again, if you're charitable, um, and for many people, 90% of their net worth is in non-cash assets. And those might be the best assets for an individual to gift to ministry. So we are, are here to help them do that, to make those gifts to their favorite ministries and to help them get the right gift for them. God has gifted everybody um, uniquely, and we all have different assets that we are responsible for stewarding. And so we'd love to work with the donors of the charities that we work with to help them figure out which is the best asset for them to give to ministry. Excellent. Thank you so much, Cindy. Um, yeah, I think it's a great point. Is anytime you're, you have a, an asset of some sort, whether it be that royalty right to the minimal rights or, or that depreciated farm machinery equipment or the dental equipment that we did a number of years ago, if it's depreciated, especially that equipment stuff, it's depreciated and you're selling a business or selling a farm, a portion of that sale proceeds is going to be allocated to that equipment. And you're essentially recapturing that old expense of depreciation, which means that income kind of falls into your bottom line and you're going to pay regular tax rates, not capital gains rates on it. So really important if you're doing that business sale, one, to be talking to us in advance about potentially figuring out ways you can gift, you know, do some gifting with the business asset, as we discussed in the last broadcast, but that equipment part of it can be fairly unique. I recall a, a gentleman we were talking to not long ago who was selling, I believe it was a dairy farm, and he had all this dairy farm equipment, and uh, the value of it was probably three quarters of a million dollars, and had he just sold that outright as part of the farm, and they allocated that proceeds to it, between his state rate and his income, his federal income tax rate, he was going to be paying close to 45, 50% in taxes um, and being left with maybe $375,000, $400,000 after the sale. Um, but he, we were able to make some proposals to him about making gifts of that. 
um, and doesn't always necessarily have to be outright, correct? When we when we do gifts uh, like this, you know, or the farm commodity gifts or these other issues, they don't have to necessarily be outright gifts if there's still an income need, correct, Cindy? That's correct. It could go to fund, to fund maybe a charitable gift annuity where the donor can retain some income and, and maybe not recognize that full tax event in the year in which they sell um, that, that equipment or that, that commodity, but they're able to then spread that income over a number of years um, as they're receiving income from the gift annuity. So yeah, that's a really, again, another important strategy. It doesn't have to be an outright gift. If that doesn't work there, fit their situation, we can talk about the potential of maybe that being a, a gift annuity or charitable trust or something for them if that works better, if they have a need for the income from that, that asset. Excellent. Cindy, I got one question that popped up here from uh, one of our attendees. Uh, can a grain or commodity gift be given in the same year it was grown? His accountant has told me, uh, his, atol his accountant has told him that it needs to be gifted in the tax year following the one in which the crop was harvested to be able to use the cost basis. Do you have a comment on that? You know, I have not heard that before, Kurt. Um, I definitely don't claim to be the 100% expert in that, but I've never heard that before that they wouldn't be able to donate in the year in which it's grown. Mm -hmm. The vast majority of the gifts that we've done have been in the same year in which they were grown. Correct. I know there's been years in which sometimes it's the following year in which they've given grain commodities to us, but most of the time it's in the same year in which it's grown. Correct. Usually it is in the same, in the same year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Um, and then one last thing, you know, uh, can folks give stuff like this into a donor advised fund if they wanted to support multiple charities? They can, definitely. We'd be happy to assist them with that in, um, in receiving those gifts of, of commodities to our Barnabas Foundation Stewards Fund. And that way, again, they're, they're giving, you know, their, their grain or their corn or almonds, whatever it is, to the donor advised fund. We liquidate that um, that commodity and the cash from the sale of that goes into their donor advised fund and then is available for them to make gifts to, to their favorite ministries for you know the next number of years if they'd like to do that. Excellent. Well, I want to thank you again for joining me today, Cindy. We appreciate your time and appreciate your knowledge and expertise on these uh, over the last four weeks as we've talked about these various different gift types. Uh, for all you folks out there who are watching, watching the live broadcast or the recording, again, at any time, if there's a question uh, concerning, uh, you know, one of these topics that we've raised over the last few weeks, feel free to reach out to us, uh, reach out to the development officer that invited you or shared the broadcast with you, or reach out to us directly. You can reach us at 888-448-3040, or you can reach us at info at barnabasfoundation.com. And as I'm sitting here thinking that gentleman who asked the question about uh, the tax implications is the question his accountant raised, um, feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to talk to the accountant a little more directly about his concerns and we'd be happy to uh, take care of that. Um, oh, one last question that just popped in. Any changes this year in law on the account of COVID? Um, nothing specific as it relates to this, um, but there were a number of changes in the law, the tax law earlier this year as a result of the CARES Act. Um, which we've touched on a few times, the biggest one being um, that this year they lifted the 60% cap on charitable deductions um, for your federal adjusted gross income. So we did touch on that a couple weeks ago during the IRA session, um, but this year you can effectively deduct 100% of your income as charitable deductions. So uh, for folks out there that are thinking about doing some year-end tax planning, this may be a great year in which for you to pull forward some gifts you might be thinking about making next year. Uh, or if you've been thinking about making an investment of an asset or uh, 
thinking about ways in which you might leverage your IRA or your stock portfolio, um, given that 100% tax deduction this year, um, and it's only in 2020, it may be a great time to, uh, to do some advanced planning and, and uh, lock in that deduction and take advantage of that this year. So once again, thank you for joining us. Thank you again for your time, Cindy. Uh, we look forward to talking to any of you who have questions. Until then, God bless and be blessed. Thank you for listening. This audio has been brought to you by Barnabas Foundation. Learn how we can help you experience smart and powerful generosity. Visit us today at www.church.barnabasfoundation.com.